Hey, this is Dexter Sites. My name's Caleb Wood. My name is Billy McLaughlin, and you're listening. You're listening to. You are listening to the Grom Report. To the GoPro Grom Report. To GoPro Grom Report on Verbmoto. On Verbmoto. On Verbmoto. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get into the podcast, I want to let you guys know that the Verb Edit Contest is live right now. All you gotta do is go to verbmoto.com forward slash verb edit contest and everything is there all the footage all of the information you need to get things submitted and honestly what this is going to do is going to give you an opportunity to see some never before seen footage of danger boy deegan eli tomac jordan smith daxton bennick you name it all the star boys are in there the whole thing is brought to you by yamaha so let those creative juices flow and create something truly truly special and if yours happens to stand out you're gonna win some rad prizes all right let's get to the podcast welcome to a verb moto podcast i am your host brad gebhardt and with us on the line i'm very very proud to welcome helana humphreys helana how's it going I'm doing good, man. I'm super excited to hop on the podcast, and yeah, I've been a been a listener, so I'm stoked to get on. Dude, I am so stoked to have you on the Grom Report. Like, and honestly, you're not going to be a very a Grom for very long. Like, you're you're going to end up in the pro class, and I'll be hitting you up for uh, for interviews on that side of things. But uh, in the in the not so distant future is the first rounds of 2024 SX Futures. Uh, you got to be stoked. Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm super excited to race the Supercross Futures. You know, you can't really replace the feeling of having 80,000 fans, you know, cheering for you. You know, you're looking in the starting gate in Anaheim and, you know, you look around the crowds there. And yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Um, you know, I've put a put a lot of effort and work in this this off season. You know, I'm sure everybody says that, but definitely. Um, yeah, definitely excited to uh to race and yeah have some fun out there absolutely dude no i'm excited to have you on this show i think you're a really interesting topic in general like you've got such a wide range of experience on two wheels even in the the short period of time that you've sort of been on the radar as far as north america is considered uh before we sort of talk about your preparation for uh futures and what you've got going on this year let's spin the clocks back a little bit let's kind of go back to where your story begins within the sport and sort of like growing within it and also accruing the the skill set that you currently have as well as making the relationships you've had uh which are a big part of of just sort of what you've been able to be able to become as far as like a kind of social media influencer a kid that a lot of kids follow and look look towards uh for a lot of inspiration so where does that story start for you you know that um for me that story starts um i would say too too early you know a lot of a lot of um racers and and riders you know they start when they're like three four years old um I, I kind of got a little bit of a later start I started at seven which is still pr- pretty young to to be riding a, a motorcycle but you know kind of like my love for the sport began for the sport began you know I was in bed one day watching tv with my dad and supercross came up and you know as soon as we clicked on that video you know I was just like whoa this is crazy and this this was during the when Villapoto was dominating um the 2013-2014 we would watch every single highlights of those rounds 
um, just over and over and over again. So yeah, that's kind of like where like I first discovered what, what motocross was and, and yeah, that's, that's kind of how my story began. Um, growing up, I lived in Bali, Indonesia. Um, I was born there. Um, and I lived there till I was 10. So I wasn't really around dirt bikes so much. My dad actually started this compound retail store, custom motorcycle shop called Deus Ex Machina. Um, so I kind of, I really didn't grow up around it, like from a very, very young age, you know, I grew up around surfing, custom motorcycles, you know, my dad was a award-winning surf photographer and he would be a really good director. So I kind of grew up, um, you know, taking long in shoots and, and surf boat trips and, and whatnot. So that's kind of like how, like my background, um, really began, and, you know, ever since I watched that video one day, um, you know, I had, a, I had a little cheap Chinese bike sitting around since I was probably two years old, but really never had any interest to it. Um, yeah, till I was like seven, I was like, all right, sweet. This thing's cool. You know, I want to be like Ryan Dungey, spray painted it orange. You know, how I, I was pumped, man. Uh, you know, back in Indonesia, they didn't have they didn't have um, really motocross boots around like it would, it would be pretty hard to get especially at a young age of mine and we didn't really know anybody so I, I would wear rain boots or I would my DCs um out and ride we would ride in empty fields and yeah that's kind of how uh how my story began dude humble beginnings and I think you hit the nail on the head uh the sport of motocross is so visually spectacular it's kind of an assault on all the senses in a lot of ways it's it's the sights the sounds the smells it's it's everything kind of coming together um, and that's why I think it's so infectious. Uh, I'm a true believer that if you show anyone motocross, uh, they'll at least think it's a wild thing to do uh, if they don't get into it themselves. Um, and so your dad being uh, having sort of an eye for uh, on the artistic side of things, being a photographer, working on the, the custom motorcycle thing, that seems to be the sort of the root cause of you having that unique approach to the sport not only from a competitor standpoint, but from a stylistic standpoint, I think there's a lot of things where um, like there's a lot of originality in the things that you do. And uh, which I'm sure for a lot of your, like either competitors or peers is almost frustrating in the fact that you're, you're just able to, you're, you're, you're almost reading a few pages ahead of the book, aren't you? Um, Yeah, you could, you could say that, Um, you know, you know, definitely from the, um, from the background point of my dad. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would be nowhere without him. And, you know, he's definitely influenced me a lot um, with my style, with how my bikes look, with how my gear looks. You know, he's he's always kind of had that artistic eye and, and, and the media side of it, too. Um, growing up, you know, directing films, used to go on surf trips. Um, and yeah, I think I think you're you really nailed it on point there. Like a lot of the influence is from my dad. And, you know, like over the years, like, you know, I've, I've come to appreciate it more and more and more. And, you know, I just like, I like to be different, you know, um, I feel like, you know, I'm not your traditional amateur racer. I'll go to every single amateur motocross, um, race, which is, which is that going that path. It's, it's great. It's awesome. But, um, you know, I kind of just take a look at every other action sport. You know, you look at mountain biking, you look at surfing, you look at skating, you know, the athletes come compete, you know, four to five months out of the year. And then the other six months, you know, they go create content and, and make video parts and, and, you know, and yeah, like, you know, you see SMX now, like, dude, there's 31 rounds. You're going to be gone 31 weekends out of the year. And that's not even counting like, like the boot camp and all that. So, you know, 
I kind of want to, um, you know, change the direction a little bit of the sport and kind of, you know, it's just like, it's so, I would say narrow-minded. It's starting to become way more open-minded in the last five years, but you know, it's like so one direction of how you can make it, you know, you got to go to Loretta's, you got to hit your amateur nationals and, and, you know, over the years, there have been a lot more unique stories to that. And I feel like, you know, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, I, I want to leave something in the sport like, oh man, that guy, you know, he was able to race professional supercross, but after supercross, you know, he made the raddest, coolest movies and, and video parts. And yeah, you know, um, yeah. There you go. Well, yeah, there's, it's definitely an unorthodox approach to amateur racing in general. I think that there's, there's sort of been a, uh, a tried and true approach to it in, in previous years. Obviously, you have, uh, champions like James Stewart, Ricky Carmichael, Jeremy McGrath. Well, actually, Jeremy McGrath's a slightly different approach altogether because he got into it sort of late and it had more of a stylistic version or approach to the, his, his racing in general. But you, the overwhelming majority of racers are, uh, in a lot of ways, they focus on the racing, the riding, the technique, and then the the, the marketing of it and the visual aspect of it becomes such an after uh, afterthought that sometimes it doesn't get thought of at all. I, I, I'd meet all kinds of privateers throughout my travels who, like, they're lightning fast. They've got all kinds, like, they've got tons of skill on a dirt bike, but the themselves can't put together a like a video edit to like promote themselves or you know what I mean and that's honestly what holds them back the most because like you can have all the style and all the the speed in the world but if you can't package it as something that can be sold and marketed and uh have people all, all like ultimately pull out their wallets and and support the brands that support them um it I wouldn't say it's all for naught but it certainly lacks a certain substance right because there's you know there's tons of fast amateur kids beating their heads against the wall because they they got, they got no support they got no sponsors um like you've been able to sort of completely buck that trend in the fact that you've been able to accrue a ton of great sponsors you're wearing a red bull uh hat, hat right now which is pretty coveted as far as uh, any young athletes uh, are considered uh and you were also able to bring back along with uh, a couple of other athletes an absolutely iconic brand from my time and there wasn't a single kid that wasn't hanging out on the Moorcross tracks back in 2006, 7, and 8 that wasn't just dressed head to toe in one industries. Uh, that's got to be a, a really cool feather in your cap to sort of like pull that uh, brand kind of out of the ether. A lot of people have been asking for that for a long time. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, like I said, you know, I like to be different. Um, I like to, you know, maybe give some of a wow factor to people or, or, you know, like maybe like stand out a little bit more than your, your average, um, motocross kid. And, you know, especially when the, when the one opportunity came about, I was, you know, I was on board right away. You know, it, it was such a iconic brand. And, you know, I haven't literally met one person that, you know, hasn't had a story on back in the day when they first started riding or when they were on 65s or, or whatnot, like that one industries, you know, they wore one industries back in the day. You know, it, it's it's so crazy and it's so overwhelmingly awesome with all the feedback, especially with with the one um, industries deal. You know, I've I couldn't, you know, ask for anything better. And and yeah, I'm super, super excited to be representing it and, you know, kind of having fun with it. 
So how did that really come about? Um, you yourself, I'm trying to like a little bit drawing a blank as far as I mean, you're, you're a Troy Lee guy for the longest time. Um, um how'd yeah. that come about? Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, since I started riding, you know, my dad always made me custom gear, you know, um, and I always super enjoy, I always enjoyed it and it was, it was always super awesome. And then, okay. you know, a lot of people always complimented my gear and me and my dad were thinking like, Hmm, maybe we should start, you know, our own gear brand. Um, and, you know, maybe do little drops here and there and, and kind of promote it a little bit. So that's, you know, where we started the company state of ethos. Um, uh, we had, we had some awesome riders. We, uh, you know, we won an X games gold medal our first year, um, doing it with Tom Parsons. We went on no with Lanky, but you know, it was, it was more of kind of trying to bring culture in, into the sport, you know, um, and, and kind of just make stuff that look different, you know? And then, um, after that, it was great and all. Um, but I, I kind of got to the point of my career where you know, I needed a little, little bit more backing and, and I've always been friends with Troy. My dad's always been friends with Troy. He was, he's, he's great. Um, and you know, that's, that's how that deal kind of came about. And it was awesome. You know, I, I loved the gear. The gear was great. You know, I still wear the helmet to this day. It's a great helmet. Um, and, and it's, it's cool, but you know, as soon as I heard that, that one industry's opportunity and, and saw everything and the mock-ups of the gear and stuff, I was just like, I was just blown away, you know, how that, how that opportunity uh, came about. And dude, I mean, the gear is awesome. Like, I can't wait till, you know, it goes public and, and everyone gets to wear it again. So it's, it's awesome. Oh yeah, man. Like the right in throughout sort of my heyday of racing, that's 2007, eight, nine, roughly. Um, yeah. Like one is industries is everywhere. Everyone had to have the, the trooper helmet. Uh, that thing was iconic. Um, and like you'd mentioned Ryan Dungey off the rip as sort of a guy that you were sort of looked up to one of your favorite racers. Are you aware that he was at one point almost a one industries rider? Do you know the story behind that? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I've, I've heard the story behind it, and it's, it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting story, you know, with, with J Law, but you know, I mean, J Law made one industries look pretty cool too, you know, obviously, some, some stuff happened there, but, you know, like, um, yeah, I mean, exactly, like, you know, I've heard countless and countless of things, like with, with the trooper helmet and and um all that yeah i I was i was definitely aware that ryan denji was almost uh almost one athlete and maybe hopefully one day can be one again yeah there you go actually before going over to fox yeah i think it was one beautiful photo shoot where you had him in uh, the one industry's duds and that was uh yeah quickly uh 86th and and they went straight to uh fox for the duration of his career that's where he still is to this day um You've had a lot of cool opportunities to do a lot of really cool things, uh, ride like full size 450s on massive races. Uh, you, you, if I'm not mistaken, you've participated in, uh, Red Bull Imagination and some of the other Red Bull events that are pretty iconic. Um, are there any that sort of stick out to you as some of your most fond memories throughout this thing, or is it all just a blur? Um, you know, um, I wouldn't say it's all a blur, you know, I would say I just have countless of, of amazing, amazing memories. Um, you know, um, I've never actually participated in the actual contest of Red Bull Imagination, but I've been there all four years, right. you know, um, even before I was a Red Bull athlete, uh, I just turned 16. Um, so now technically I would be allowed to participate in the contest. 
Um, but man, just, just being at Red Bull Imagination, seeing the progression of the sport of free riding, it's, it's unreal. Like seeing every single year, how much it's changed, you know, big, big shout out to Tyler Bierman and, and Jason Baker, you know, like, like what they did there was, was amazing. You know, I mean, it was, it was such a cool event and I'm so, so thankful I got to be there, um, all, all four years of it. And yeah, I mean, Red Bull Imagination, it was definitely, you know, one of, one of my favorite events I've ever been to. Um, you know, uh, Ironmaning the San Felipe 250, becoming the youngest one to Ironman that, you know, that was, that was super, super fun. Um, it was a long, long eight hours, but, um, how are the hands after that one? Dude, to be honest, dude, I couldn't move my hands for like three days after that. It was, it was, it was unreal. But, you know, the Baja side of everything, you know, when I was five years old or yeah, I was five years old before I even discovered what motocross was. Um, I turned on Dust of Glory for the first time. You know, that's where Steve Campbell is. It kind of tells the story of Baja right. and, you know, kind of like in my five year old childish mind, I'd be like, hey, one day, like that'd be so cool to do. Um, and yeah, so when we moved to America, you know, we started going to Mexico one weekend there, one weekend there first, just to surf, then I'd bring a pit bike, then I'd bring my super mini, you know, it kind of just progressed, progressed. And then last year I actually pre-ran the course, which is basically two weeks before they lay out the full course and you can pre-run it. So you can know where the course is, where it exactly goes where the rocks are where all the gnarly obstacles that hopefully you can remember of the 250 miles hmm. uh, so i did that when i first got my very first big bike um on a 250 i think i was still like 100 pounds but it was you, you know i uh, i did the whole i pre-ran the whole course and after that that really opened my eyes i'm like whoa like dude hopefully hopefully next year you know that it would be unreal if i if i could do this um so yeah, that's kind of how that opportunity came about. And, you know, we started talking about it, talking about it, trying to convince my dad, me and my good friend, Chris Gill, uh, my Ba mentor, you know, trying to convince him, Hey, what, well, you know, we'll do, we'll just split it in half. And my dad's like, no, nah, it's, it's too dangerous. You're too young. Like, like that's, that's not never going to work. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want my son going in the middle of Mexico alone for hours on end, you know, that, I mean, you know, I, I, if I had a kid, I, I don't know if I would let him, if I'd let him <laughs> do that, but you know, and then we came out with a plan of why don't we'll just do the whole course. And my dad's like, well, that's hard, right? I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a little bit harder, but it'll be way safer because we're just going to do the buddy system where we just, you know, cruise the course the whole entire way. And yeah, that's kind of how, how the, um, the Baja part came about and yeah, it was it was such an awesome opportunity, and you know, crashing that finish line after eight hours straight on a motorcycle, it was it was unreal. No doubt, putting more time on a bike in eight hours than most people put on an entire summer. Exactly ridiculous. Yeah, wow. and that's not even counting in with you know all the pre running. I think you know we pre ran the full course twice, so we did five hundred and twenty five miles or something crazy like that. So it was it was definitely I think total of the week we did 800 miles. So it was definitely super crazy. Um but yeah, it was it was it was unreal. There you go. Shout out to Gas Gas for the for the durability on the uh, on the old uh, the bikes themselves. Um some questions that I know some people have had uh the reason why you run uh 
plus 62. That that's an area code, right? That that's a throwback to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I get, yeah, I get this question a lot and you know, it, it's always a really cool feeling, you know, kind of telling the, the story behind it. So basically the country code to Indonesia is plus 62. I'm half Indonesian. Um, so, you know, representing a country, you know, it's like an unreal opportunity and, and yeah, it's, it's super awesome. So for, for those who don't know, basically every phone number, you know, especially here in the U.S., um, it's plus one in the beginning. So it's plus 62 in the, in the beginning of, of the phone numbers. And that's kind of how the, the plus 62 number first came about. There you go. And with the, the tie in to Indonesia, um, I hope that you're fully prepared for that. At some point, it's pretty un, uh, unavoidable that if you do go over the bars, uh, moto memes will be coming out with an Indonesia post. Uh, yeah, and just you know, roasting you, bro. <laughs> yep. You know, I, I get this joke a lot from my friends. Um, hopefully it won't be caught on video. But if it is or any pictures, you know, I, I'll definitely be expecting a moto memes of of that. But, you know, I, I get the joke a lot. I'm like, they'll be like, yeah. Or like if one of my friends sees me go over the bars, be like, yeah, how's your how's a how's a home trip to your country? And, you know, at the time, I'm just like, dude, shut up. Like, I just went down. But, you know, after that, it's, it's always a, it's a good laugh after. Yeah, no, you got to have a sense of humor about it. Um. Social media is a is a cool tool. It's something that we use to market ourselves, uh, share our story, um, and and interact with people who who support. As well as it can be a, ta- a place where there there's obviously there's always going to be some ugliness uh, that comes along with it. Um, if you could share some of your like kind of most favored moments where you've been able to connect with some really cool people or been been granted some really interesting opportunities. And with that, obviously, and you said even before we started hit record on this thing, uh, if you don't have some haters, you're not doing something right. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like uh, social media has, has been a huge, huge part of my career. You know, um, going back to, you know, my dad, you know, he's been a big part of my program. And, you know, I'm I'm so appreciative of him. Like I would be nowhere near where I am today. And, and going back to, you know, he used to take me on surf trips and, and film trips on, on boats and you know, kind of teach me the way of, of, of the media. And, you know, throughout then he's, he's really helped me, you know, learn the way of social media, learn how to make edits, you know, longer form um, movies, like everything. So I feel like that has led me to a lot of my opportunities here. Like, you know, like if I'm being honest, you know, I'm not the top, top amateur kid, like let's be real. Hopefully I'll get one, I'll get there. But right now, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the top, I'm not like the writer D Francesco, but, you know, social media has helped my career a lot, you know, getting sponsors, you know, and, and also kind of just, you know, being able to see other kids in my generation, you know, hopefully they'll look at my videos and be like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that makes me want to go ride my dirt bike, you know, and, and I've met some, you know, amazing people through social media and, and granted some amazing opportunities from social media. Um, and I would say like, Maybe the some negatives of the point, you know, there's always going to be a couple keyboard warriors out there. There's always going to be, you know, a couple negative vital threads out there. But, you know, I feel like that's that's just kind of the name of the game. You know, like you're always going to have haters, you know, um, especially if you're not if you're not doing something. If you're not having haters, you're not doing something right. You know, uh, 
I've I've heard that quite um quite a lot and you know I, I believe it you know and I think kind of you know seeing maybe a negative comment you know most of the time you just want to blow it through your mind or or you know kind of use it in a positive impact like you know like like if you see some somebody saying like you're not fast or or you know you you did this or that you don't you don't deserve that you know you kind of it gives you more motivation to to work harder and and prove them wrong so i feel like you know it's definitely there's some negatives but you can always turn it into a positive yeah certainly and honestly um from my experience uh anyone who's got really negative things to say online it's if anything that's more or less uh, a reflection of just some inner stuff that they're dealing with that they're really not happy with who they are exactly you know like you never know what the situation that person could be going through you know like maybe they're they're in a in a rough place or in a rough time and and you know that that's kind of you know the way they are and and sometimes like you know you kind of just got to like like almost forgive them because they could be going through a rough time and and whatnot so yeah i feel like you know, never always judge a book by its cover. Fair enough. So, uh, of the guys, the uh, it's, given the fact that you just turned sixteen, the majority of the guys that you ride with are older than you. Uh, a lot of them, sort of, I'm sure, take some time to mentor you a little bit. Whether it's Tyler Beerman, uh, I think you've also spent some time riding with guys like Colby Raha, uh, Twitch, stuff like that. Uh, you mentioned Wanky, who, uh, like one of the one of the cooler experiences that I've had within Moto Media. I was actually riding out at uh, it was called Paula back at the time. Uh but yep. now it's Fox Raceway. They have the the FMX ramp and uh Wanky comes over looking for a te- for an 8 mil uh, T-handle to adjust his uh his, his um his flip the, the, the the flip levers. Yeah. 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 And so he I, I adjusted them for him. So basically I was his mechanic for about 10 minutes. Uh, and then I got to uh, stand up on the top of the landing and take photos for about an hour while those guys did their thing. Um, yeah, who who do you, who do you feel is the the best sort of mentor to you? Someone who lends themselves as someone who uh, can really sort of help you kind of be your Sherpa along this sort of journey. Because as you continue to, uh, to um, gain more skills and notoriety and like fans and everything else that comes in between that. Who rubs off on you the most and who who gives you some guidance? Um, I feel like it would be unfair to say one person did it the most because, you know, I've had countless of great, great, great mentors. Um, you know, you know, Tyler was was is a really good mentor of mine. Tom Parsons, he's a he's a very big mentor of mine. Great you guy know, in general, Dog yeah. is a big mentor of mine. Um, Forrest Minchinton, Kieran Aaron. Like there, there's a lot of great mentors of mine and, and, you know, I'm just, I'm really thankful for them, honestly, like, you know, guiding me through their careers and, and their past mistakes. Um, and I just, I feel super lucky. And I feel like also, you know, kind of hanging, um, I guess, mentoring with, with an older crowd, um, you know, it kind of brings you more maturity. It, it opens your eyes a little bit more to certain situations, and I think, I think it benefits you a lot. And, you know, like some situations it can, um, you know, they can be like, Hey, just take a step, calm down. It's going to be okay. We'll figure it out instead of just having a big freak out, um, in, in certain situations. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I've had countless of great, great mentors in my life and, you know, I'm, I'm super thankful for, for what they've done for me. And, you know, they've, they've taken me under the wing, you know, Ryan Sipes has been, has been a huge help to mine. Martin Kitzel has been a huge help to mine. 
you know, there, the list goes on and on and on, but you know, I've, I'm very, very thankful for them. Fair enough. So uh, then I ask you this question, you, you, you can't uh, narrow down one guy that is the best mentor. I'm telling you, dude, you got, you can pick only one person to go on a moto road trip with. First of all, where are you going? And who is likely in the driver's seat? Because I doubt you drunk it. <laughs> I well, at least not legally. If, if it's if it's a moto trip, yeah. Um, I'll most likely be free riding. Yep. I'll most likely be camping, and I'll most likely be with Tom Parsons. Okay. Okay, Tom you know, P. Tom, uh, Tom P. That... You know he he loves to travel. He loves the road trip. He loves you know pushing the boundaries of new places to ride. And I think. You know, Tom P, you know, is a great, great example and a, and a really big mentor of mine. And I feel like in, in that in that situation, I would definitely take Tom P. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I'm curious in the, the sort of your point of view at just turned 16 years old, uh, the majority of the freestyle motocross movement actually happened, I wouldn't say before you were born, but before you were riding at a high level. Um, I wouldn't say that, I personally, I think that for freestyle motocross is in a funny spot as far as like the, if you really look back to like the early two thousands, mid two thousands, like there was tons of contests, tons of jump shows, different opportunities for guys to show their stuff all around the world. And that seems to, a lot of it seems to have gone away, especially on the competition side of things. Um, And uh, for that reason, for that reason, I'm really not too sure aside from the fact that like, the elite level guys are just so elite that like there's maybe only five in the entire world that can really compete on like the same sort of level as far as skill set. And then obviously you have uh, like nitro circus games that are sort of, it's almost completely different set of um, competing. Where do you see that right now? And is that sort of a world that you plan on making part of your sort of, um, annual sort of schedule because I, I sort of foresee yourself being a guy like almost a little bit of a traveling motocross mercenary, like doing some, some Baja stuff, doing imagination, doing an outdoor national, doing a couple yeah. of super crosses. Um, hey, maybe a super moto uh, race if someone uh, extends the invite, you're kind of yeah. down for whatever. Um, but yeah, let's t- touch a little bit on the, this kind of the state of address as far as what, where freestyle's at right now. Um, you know, I would, I wouldn't consider myself a freestyler and, you know, a lot of these guys freestylers. Um, I like to consider them free riders, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's where, where the new movement is, you know, it's, it's free riding, it's going on the hills, digging with your friends, it, it's making video projects. Um, I feel like, um, there's always going to be freestyle, but I feel like free riding is, is, is in the, um, is in the rise, definitely, you know, with Red Bull well, Imagination, that's, that's really pushing it with free riding. Um, you know, there's, there's new free riders coming up and, and I really think it's, it's another great opportunity for people like, you know, um, like, you know, there's, there's free riders competing in X games now with best whip and, and quarter pipe, you know, that I feel like that, that isn't considered freestyle anymore. It's, it's considered free riding, you know, and there's, there's always going to be, you know, the best trick free or freestyling best, best run freestyling but i feel like the free riding is is definitely on uprise and yeah a lot of people consider me a free rider and and i love free riding but you know i'm also a a racer and and touching back with you know riding everything um 
you know, I grew up watching on any Sunday and, you know, on any Sunday, it, you, it literally goes over every single genre of, of racing at that time. And, and, you know, big mentors of mine and, and, you know, big heroes of mine are, you know, Malcolm Smith, you know, like, like I, um, I definitely take a lot of inspiration from him, you know, what he did back in the seventies that, that kind of also motivated me to do Baja, but also, um, you know, just do everything. And, and Ryan Sipes too, you know, like, like, you know, what he's done before his big injury is like, it's crazy. Like, you know, he did, he was a professional flat tracker, top 15 main events, you know, did Erzberg, like crazy, crazy stuff, competed in Red Bull Imagination all in the same year. And I think, I think that's something that interests me a lot. And, you know, but, you know, going back to what I was saying with, with, you know, hopefully compete Supercross throughout the whole season. And, and, you know, after Supercross is done, you know, get to ride all different types of genres of bikes, you know, free ride, create different types of movies is, is, um, is something that I definitely really want to do. And, you know, I, I really want to make an impact at the sport, you know, that that's a, that's a big, big goal of mine. And, and yeah. That's cool, man. Well, it, it sounds like you've got your sights on some, some really exciting things down the way. Um, as we sort of get back to the task at hand, which is Supercross Futures, honestly, you haven't even been on big bikes that long. Uh, for a guy who's going to like spend some time on a Supercross track and, uh, and, and now compete against uh, the, the top amateurs in the entire sport uh, on, on a stage uh, under the lights, Anaheim 2, uh, alongside Eli Tomac and all the, the rest of the boys. Um, pressure's on. But also at the same time, I see it feel like for you, there is not really a lot of pressure because like you're still learning this, this side of things. Um, you admittedly, you're, you're not the, the, the most highly touted amateur currently in, uh, in the game. Um, so what's the approach and, and what are some, some, uh, some modest goals you have for yourself for the weekend? Yeah. You know, um, you know, Supercross has always, has always been a dream of mine. You know, that's really what got me into the sport of, of motorcycles and, and riding dirt bikes. Um, and, you know, I did compete in LA Coliseum and that was kind of an, an eye opener for me. You know, I think before then I was on a big bike for two months. So that, that was a little bit crazy, you know, um, definitely this last, this last year, 2023, you know, I was, as you know, racing can be expensive. Um, so, you know, I really try to prioritize of, of doing cool free ride stuff on a super mini that's never really been done before, you know, doing things that's, that's, that's crazy, you know, hitting 160 foot jumps and, and riding a Red Bull imagination course and, mm-hmm. and hitting jumps in the hills and, and really trying to make that, um, you know, really in a really cool piece. And, you know, that kind of really showed, um, in my, uh, in my free ride mid video called Glide, um, the movie. Um, a love letter to super minis that's on YouTube. If you want to go check that out, hashtag ad, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was yeah, kind of the goal. We'll, we'll throw a, we'll throw a, a tag to that video on this podcast. Awesome. Awesome. So that's, that was kind of, you know, the, the goal, um, you know, for, for this past year. Um, but going back to the supercross, sorry, I'm kind of rambling off, but yeah. going back to the supercross of it, you know, I got my, I got my first big bike, um, to ride on moto in March and I didn't ride it full time till June. So, you know, um, you know, I've always been, um, I would say better, um, in supercross. I feel like it's always came way more, more natural to me. 
Um, I rode Supercross when I was on a Super Mini and, and hit some whoops, full-size whoops and and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, I always thought Supercross would come easy to me, and and it has it's, – it's definitely come a lot easier to me than outdoors. Um, so definitely going to uh, L.A. Coliseum, it was, it was kind of a big eye-opener for me of, of, you know, my speed wasn't exactly there or my racecraft. Um, so after LA Coliseum, you know, I was like, man, I, I got a lot of work to do. And, you know, I'm still learning this, this 250, um, big bike, but, um, you know, after that, you know, kind of just, um, just put my head down. I've been, I've been working really hard. I know everyone says that in the off season, but no, I, I really have. And, and yeah, you know, I wouldn't say there's a lot of expectations for A2. I feel like, you know, obviously get a whole shot, get a really good start. Um, and kind of just just show everyone that you know I'm serious about this, and you know I I um I have the determination and and maybe the, hopefully the talent and and speed speed to do it. Um, so I feel like that's kind of I would say my expectations for A two. You know, learn everything, do everything I um I learned and and applied it, and you know really give it my all. Absolutely, and we're looking forward to seeing uh, the footage that that comes from that. I assume that an event like that will likely uh produce uh, a whole uh, probably a whole list of videos that come out whether it be your your social media or on YouTube as well um like d- does stuff like that become a little bit of a distraction to you on race day uh, how do you sort of stay focused on the task at hand um or are you able to sort of like balance that of like hey like i i'm known for my personality the personality comes natural and uh and i i can be who i am while also trying to better myself on the bike yeah, um, definitely. That, that's a really a great question. And um, yeah, I feel like I'm able to balance that, you know, um, you know, the especially like with with the fans and, and you know, I'm I'm known, you know, to um, to have a good personality, I would say, not trying to be not trying to be arrogant or anything. Um, but, you know, um, I feel like, you know, showing people who I really am and, and you know, being a kind person and, and you know, really taking the time to, to talk to people not trying to BS your way around it. Um, I think it's something that's really important to me, you know, like looking back when I went to my first Supercross at, at when I was, I don't know, eight years old, you know, you, you always remember that one pro or or that one guy that you always looked up to and, and they left a great impact. They took the time to talk to you. So I think that's, that's really important to me. And I don't, I don't see it as as a distraction, you know, I kind of, I guess, see it as motivation almost, you know, like, Hey, like that guy's super into me, like, I, I got to do good now, you know, they're, they came here out to watch me. So yeah, I wouldn't say it's a distraction, but um, I mean, maybe for some people it is, but for me, I feel like I'm able to turn that on and off. There you go. Well, we would certainly wish you the best of luck with Supercross Futures, man. It's going to be uh, the, the, it's going to be absolutely gorgeous weather for the day. Uh, not yeah. like the last two rounds. That no, been... not like the last two rounds. And, you know, it's it's super cool because it's in Anaheim. And my dad grew up in Huntington Beach. So, you know, right. all his friends are coming out. My cousins are coming out. My godparents. So, yeah, I mean, the weather is going to be great. You know, the track layout looks awesome. You know, people that are coming are great. So hopefully that leads into a, a great weekend. No doubt. So is, is the plan to, like, hit the uh um hit the ramp in the parking lot and then go do the race or what's the plan um you know maybe we'll, we'll see we'll see no nah, <laughs> i'm kidding um you know that would be cool though that would like if you were just but... like 
you like like they pretended to like you, you just accidentally went to the wrong spot instead instead of going under the stadium you just like yeah oh, this is where I'm supposed to be right yeah and then yeah that that would be, that would be a pretty pretty funny funny deal for sure um but um no yes no yeah super super excited for this weekend and you know you know we all we all do the sport for the fun of it so you know gonna try have as much fun doing it and obviously take it seriously um and yeah but still still have a good time along the way and yeah have a blast baby you know awesome dude well i know you've got uh, a ton of amazing sponsors uh red bull being certainly one of them uh i know you want to give those guys some love for us uh before we hang up the show uh but this has been a lot of fun man getting to know you a little bit getting to know your program and sort of how you've sort of developed not only uh, your skill set, but also your approach to to riding, racing, and and just enjoying uh, life behind bars. Yeah, thank you. Um, for sure, it was it was an honor and a, and a pleasure to be be on this podcast. You know, like I said, I've, I've been a listener to it, so it's it's really awesome to to finally be on. Um, and you know, I have a lot of great companies um, back behind me. Obviously, Red Bull is is a really really good one. Um, gas, gas. AHM, um, One Industries, Alpine Stars, Heat Wave, um, Henson Clutches, um, W Wheels, Dunlop Tires, ETS Racing Fuels, um, Temecula T-Shirt Printers. Oh, honestly, the list the list goes on and on and on. FMF Pipes, um, Nihilo, AEO Power Sports, Twisted Development, Thrill Seekers. Um, I, I have a list of amazing, amazing partners and, you know, I, I couldn't thank them enough and, and yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry if I, if I forgot your name out there, but I, I'm sorry, I'm just drawing a blank, but you know, I'm really thankful for, for all of them for, for making my program work and, and thankful for the people around my circle for keeping me going and, and supporting me and and supporting my uh, wild lifestyle. Awesome, dude. Well, very well done. Uh, this has been an awesome edition of the Grom Report brought to you by GoPro here on Verb Moto. Thank you so much for making some time for us today. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Awesome, dude. Another Grom Report in the books. I hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts. Continue to like and subscribe on YouTube as well. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of the Verb Edit Contest, shame on you, because that means you didn't listen to the beginning of this podcast. Um, verbmoto.com. All the information is there. I believe it's verbmoto.com forward slash verb edit contest. Uh, get your little grubby hands on all that uh, amazing footage. If nothing else, you get to see some never-before-seen footage from the Star Racing guys, guys like Eli Tomac, guys like Danger Boy Deegan. Uh, Benick, Thrasher, uh, Romano for, uh, like, and I think, I, I assume that Towers is probably in there as well. Anyway, go get creative about it, edit something awesome, and then submit it to Verb. And, uh, hey, uh, at the very least, you could get some rad prizes, or heck, maybe it turns into a job with us. Who knows? Anyway, guys, you guys have yourselves a great rest of your day. Get on that contest and support all the sponsors who support Verb Mono, because that's how we make it all happen for you. All right. Take it easy. Cheers.